What's up, you guys? This is your girl, Essence, and you're riding the wave of Wisdom in Red, where we are living life through the words and spirit of Christ. I really wanted to get back with you guys. I've been missing in action for a minute. I've uh, actually relocated from Kansas to uh, Arizona, and it's just been kind of busy. I just came out here and really hit the ground running. So... I just wanted to check in with you guys and I wanted to check in with you guys and just um, just throw some thoughts out there in regard to how we give in the church, Um, not specifically on tithing or anything like that. To me, tithing actually was uh, when you look at the scriptures, it was um, that was more of an Old Testament um, mandate within the Israelite community and those who joined the Israelite community. but for now, you know, I was thinking about 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I was uh, watching a, a gentleman talk about tithing and, and things like that about the church. And I just had a few thoughts on it myself when I went to the scripture. And 2 Corinthians 8, he says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. And so he's going on and he's you know, admonishing them and and just talking about just basically um, saying that let their joy and their um, passion be basically within these other churches, right, Um, as an example. And so what I was thinking about with that is, you know, he was, this gentleman was using that as an example that even in poverty, these people gave. And I wanted to take that a step further and I asked the question could they give that way because this was uh it was a collection for the people and and it was you know when you because when you go down you see that it's sort of it's not something that um you see them doing on a week to week basis um but more so in the sense of you know during that particular time, right? Um, uh, They would gather money to send to other churches and things like that to help each other out. Um, They would do these things to provide for each other and to all those who had need. Um, But today we have church service every week. I mean, they had services they met like what, the first of the first day of every week um, as we see in scripture. What I'm suggesting or wanting to talk on specifically is people who are in need and in in, in, in impoverished or people who just anyone, um, even though these people were in extreme poverty, could you could you imagine them giving like that every Sunday, every Sabbath? Could you see that happening? Um, could you see, 
because today it's it's mandated almost not mandated but it's it's as if we're told okay you need to give your tithe which again i believe was specifically for the israelite community um you need to tithe you need to offer then you have the preacher who comes to visit then you have um you know the building fund you have special offerings etc etc so for churches in more poor areas i've even noticed that especially through the years there's a minimum typically of at least two offerings that you're giving per service per week okay so like this so you're basically and that's happening four times out of a month so you're giving eight times a month of your money eight times a month even giving one time a service is giving four times a month and and now keep in mind i'm not trying to because you you want you do you want to have a cheerful heart a joyful heart but how easy is that to be a joyful giver when suddenly if you have nothing as is and you're trying to give eight you know four to eight times a month and it just made me think about warren buffett (laughs) you know like i was listening to this story about warren buffett and how he was told you know you should get a new car you know your car is old you should get a new car and he said i can't afford a new car now this man is what a billionaire and warren buffett is saying he cannot afford a new car and when he had done the calculations the reason why he said he couldn't afford a new car is because he took the amount of money that he would pay per month or the amount of money he would pay outright for a vehicle and he looked he compared that to the money he could invest or rather how he could invest that and how much he would have made which went into six figures that he would have made he said therefore in his eyes he saw that as a 600 or excuse me a a six-figure loss so to him no i can't afford a vehicle and it made me consider all the more this giving to the church four to eight times a month and we are to give with all our heart all our passion every time right what we can afford to give right what we can afford to give but what if what we can afford what if we can't afford and what if the amount that we give is really hurting people right so there becomes this thing because then you begin to feel guilty or you begin to the the joy kind of fades away when you know that there are things you need to do so like let's just say you cut down on your eating out and all of these things you you know you you spend your money responsibly but maybe you have student loan debt you have a home that you got for you know you and your family for some stability you have that loan you have your car loan because you need a stable vehicle so therefore you didn't overdo it you just got a car note you have car insurance on that especially paying full coverage if you have to still pay on that car so things like that add up especially with inflation if you're in bigger cities so considering all of these things i think about warren buffett i think about warren buffett Uh, and not to say that this man has any authority over the church but his wisdom is it, it, it just it resonated with me in the sense of 
how the church doesn't often enough I think because I've seen churches out there where they create uh, infrastructure you know and businesses and and things like that Um, careers you know they help guide people into careers they help pay down student debt things like that but it's not the norm in every church that you see the norm is more so just paying the bills on the house you know on the on the church you know building you know paying the pastor in them um, paying for you know you know the feeding people in the neighborhood stuff like that but if if people took all because and then you, when you see the a little bit the the bigger churches you see more of the outreach and the outreach is so huge because it's like you're outreaching and then you're trying to get people in the church and it's almost like a marketing scheme in a sense and I'm not saying that this I'm not saying this to be negative I'm just throwing this stuff out there because when you look at what's coming in with these offerings I'm gonna read I'm gonna read well when you look at what's coming in with the offerings you say what could we do for those who are in the church body already and how could we be an example to our community with how we take care of each other by the grace of God Um, I'm gonna read I want to start off reading uh, Acts chapter 4 32 he says all the believers were were one in heart and mind no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own but they shared everything they had with great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all I gotta I gotta rewind that God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them from time to time those who owned land or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need so I, I wanted to read that because we talk about God's grace and how much more of an example is God's grace when all the needs are fulfilled in the body and the and the in the community can see that can begin to see that they hear news of that and they see that as God's grace um, as the people are showing that much love and passion that they literally shared everything that they had so I don't know that we really see that in the church I I can't you know like like on a regular basis you know um, Acts chapter 2 it says they devoted themselves this is in verse 42 they devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles and the believers were taught and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together 
with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those daily who were being saved. So you notice how at the end of that, that's where we see the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Because it started off with Peter giving that mind-blowing sermon and just, you know, when he was preaching and he, you know, pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation, you know, and when he was telling them to repent and be baptized because they were all cut to the heart about, about who Christ was and when they realized who he was. And then this was the fruit of that message. But so it was the word who brought them, who cut their hearts, that cut their hearts in the first place. And then they fellowshiped together in that and they continued on in the teaching and in the fellowship and in the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then because of those things, you see, you know, there were all these signs and wonders that the apostles had done and all that, but they ended up fellowshipping and creating a culture together to where they had everything in common. And then they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. We have so many people in the very local churches who have so many needs, so many needs, but they have to go to food stamps or they go to, you know, food banks and things like that. Um, when the churches themselves should be the, the food bank, the bank, you know, um, the churches themselves should be revealing the grace of God that would be so overflowing and that, that the favor of all the people would be seen that we would praise God for the favor on the people because that's the thing, all the money that they brought in, they were using it for each other. And I think that the church has this and and for, for the poor, you know, and I think that the church has this thing of you have to just basically outsource, you know, or not outsource, put your money out, out the church, out the church, out the church. And then you have like these churches who are in the better neighborhoods. And so they think that that's what they're supposed to do. But it's like, you know, so you, but they'll take that money and they'll take it overseas or they'll send it to Africa or they send it to, you know, China or they, and, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that but what I am saying is that you have churches right across town who don't have the same means you know who come from a different economic background and struggle and you know and instead those churches are being looked at like God's grace isn't there you know like the people are just being robbed and there's something wrong with that. There is an imbalance there. And and so I, I, I'm just saying that think about all the money that even the poor churches bring in. All that money that's brought in. And if that money were applied to helping to remove people's debts and helping to uh, increase investment within the church body and build businesses within the church body and build that up and build up those communities, people will begin to see God's favor and God's grace that we actually reveal through each other. And it's funny because you see a lot of these churches that'll, that'll preach wealth. They'll preach 
uh, all of these uh, ways to come out of poverty and all of these things. They'll even teach classes, but very often themselves don't provide the sharing that we see right here in Acts 4 and in Acts 2 um, to help people get to that place of being debt-free, of being able to share themselves and experiencing God's grace in that manner. Um, The one thing that we see here is real estate. Real estate. We see God's grace through the buying and selling of real estate. Companies are extremely wealthy and successful not necessarily because of what they sell or what they provide, but because of the power of their real estate. And you would think that the church, because the scripture is teaching this right here, that with the unity of mind and thought and prayer and breaking of bread and teaching, it brought these other graces of God, this grace of God rather, into the body. And there were and it, and it brought about glad and sincere hearts and praising of God. And then what did the Lord do in all of that? He he literally added to the number of those being saved. It brought in more believers and to, to basically continue on in that cycle. So I I hope that what I'm saying is making sense because I'm not trying to bash the church whatsoever. I'm not trying to get on giving. But what I'm saying is that could the church be more wise on our style of giving, our method of giving, our direction of giving? You know, are we giving or are we giving, are are we just giving or are we just really, or are we really giving and sharing within the local body? Those who are, who have locally been faithful, faithful. It's not just about getting new people. Remember, God said he's the one who added to their number after all these other things were done. They devoted themselves to people because I look at the money that is spent in on like even on like certain holidays like Easter and Christmas to outreach people and all of these things. And I'm like, but what are we doing? How are we taking care of the believers already within the body who have been faithful? The believers who are all who God has already given and added to, you know what I mean? Like what what's going on with them? Because I think that that should, because I'm going to tell you, again, I have a strong belief that the church body itself should basically be like the, the Bible, the, the Bible, the, the, the theological seminaries. There, to me, no true believer should even have to go to a theological seminary in order to really know the scriptures. It is my belief, especially with how people have given so much to the churches, that this should be something that is automatic. That the that the teachings, the apostles' teachings and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer should be it, uh, the the basic, the most basic um, benefit of being a part of your local church body, and then from that, understanding 
and seeing the, 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 the signs and wonders of God and the grace of God in the giving over and the sharing of our own possessions and our own finances, that it's with it, that it begins within the local body church. That there, that it, it literally said in Acts 4 that it was the grace of God that there were no needy persons among them because of how they shared their possessions, how they sold real estate. They bought and sold real estate and they used that money to provide for the body of Christ. It doesn't say anything about them trying to use that money to evangelize people. Or, Of course they evangelize because they used to give the money to the apostles. They used to help them out and support them. But I'm talking about like they don't give a marketing plan here. And today I believe churches have a serious marketing plan. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with marketing. But what I'm saying is that are we marketing by man's way or by, the, by way of the Holy Spirit? The method that we see broken down in Acts 2 and in Acts 4. So I just kind of wanted to just throw that out there. Um, I hope that this wasn't taken the wrong way because it's not that I'm against churches and, and how things are done because I don't know how every church runs it. I've seen amazing fruit from many churches and God only knows how the churches here in America have helped the churches overseas in various countries where the word is not allowed to be taught. So God's grace has definitely been been shown in those areas. But it's sad because we have a reputation of being the pocket, but not being the power. We provide the money out here from America, but but we have a watered down. um, We have a watered down message within the local bodies. There's like no power in the local bodies. There's money. But there's no power. There's no word. And, and so, again, I go back to uh, in Acts 2, how they devoted themselves to the teaching. This I believe the churches really have to go back to the teaching. And instead, we have a lot of this emotional preaching. Um, and that goes all into another topic, obviously. But where you have, I, I just think that today, and this is, please hear me when I say this, that we have churches that are full of people who, of believers who don't really know what they believe, but they feel it's good to give, right? So you have a works-based structure and you have people who believe in the grace of God and abusing that grace even, but no one is knowing the word of God. The theology is too often missing. You go and you ask the the average layman to give the gospel. You ask them who Jesus is. You ask them about sin and repentance. You ask them about topics of fornication. You ask them about topics of greed and money. You ask them about topics of poverty and wealth. You ask them about topics on, uh, on homosexuality. You will get many non-theological, non-doctrinal, non-biblical responses. And and you and, and you have and you end up having a lot of sensitive believers. So I just wanted to throw this message out there today, this podcast, this because I 
believe that we've been looking at giving in a very short-sighted, very wrong way to some degree. And I'm just hoping that others will take the time to think about this as well. Maybe talk to some of your church leaders, ask them about these things that I've brought up, ask them what their programs actually are, and maybe even get involved if there are things that there are local programs. Um, And then how you yourself, if you're not in debt, if you're doing pretty well, if you've thought about how to use real estate, um, not just for your own gain, but for the gain of the actual body. Imagine buying and selling, you know, fixing up a property and selling it and giving it to the body of Christ, to those who are in need and providing funds. You know what I mean? And maybe once a year, that's just literally one thing that happens. Could you imagine if if you had one or two people who did that a year? You know what I mean? Even how impactful that can be. So, so that everyone is equal. Oh, matter of fact, there was something more I wanted to share in that. Um, gosh, let me see if I can find it. Because he talks about, in the scripture, it talks about equality. And I really want to find, here it is. This was the goal. So he says, this is in 2 Corinthians. He says, our desire is not that others be relieved while you are hard pressed. Talking about financially and and all of these things. Talking about giving still. This is still in in 2 Corinthians uh, 8. Uh, He says, our desire is not that others be relieved while you are hard pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal, what is the goal here? The goal is equality as it is written. And then I think this was from Exodus. uh, But he says, the one who gathered much did not have too much and the one who gathered little did not have too little and that was from Exodus 16:18 that he quoted here so i want us to consider that in our giving that you just right across town you might be in a nice area right and you give not over not everything over to china not everything over to africa not over, everything over to the to the middle east But how about starting right across town to your neighbor, your neighboring local body church and saying, hey, who's who, you know, is 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 this church house in debt? Is this, you know, what's going on here? How can we help relieve and provide some equality here so that we are all on equal footing and we don't have that? And again, this is just some thoughts that I'm just throwing out there, some things I'm throwing out. You guys have your own ideas and, and scriptures that you've probably come across. Um, but but the thing, the whole point is that we exceed in faith, that we excel in faith, as according to Second um, Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, he said, since you excel in everything, you excel in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you. He says, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. And he said he's not commanding them, you know, he said, but he wants to test the sincerity of our love by comparing it to the earnestness of these others. 
so that you know who and what the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And I just don't know that we've grasped that as a complete body. So anyway, I hope you guys get something out of this. Um, Share this with whoever, just, you know, with your pastor or with anyone else who you think might have an ear to hear this. Um, Blessings to you. I hope you guys really have been able to digest this. Please think on this. Um, You know, feel free to message me. Uh, your own thoughts on this and uh, many blessings to you guys and again this wasn't specifically to be about the tithe and the offering and all of these things but rather what we do with however the churches decide to receive okay whether they accept the tithe whether they teach the tithe or not but how these funds are being utilized within the actual local body with the faithful believer with the believer who's already there or are they struggling do you have many believers in your body that's struggling don't have vehicles can't get around can't get jobs because they don't have vehicles things like this are we even mindful of these people do we take um do we take note of these things so anyhow just be a blessing to somebody today y'all and um thank you so much Uh, you've been riding the wave of wisdom in red where we are living life through the words and spirit of christ and um Y'all have an an amazing week, an amazing day, and I pray that you guys feel the grace of God in your lives.